What would change in the world if you, me, and everyone choose to feed the wolf of possibilities instead of the one of doubt, distrust, and despair? The way I see it, our point of view creates reality, not the other way around. Somewhere deep within, I think we know that. In this podcast, I am daring you to claim this remarkable superpower. Join us and be inspired by trackers, explorers, and finders of possibilities from the multiverse of hope. Welcome to the podcast, Feeding the Wolf of Possibilities, with your host, Katrina Valentin. Welcome to today's Feeding of the Wolf. My guest today is Paul Kearney, who manages a beautiful castle in northern Italy called Castello di Casalbargone, a place based on the elegance of silence. For 15 years, however, Paul Kearney was working as an international project manager with companies like Coca-Cola, so a very different career and focus of living. And that's what we will be diving into today, the possibilities of going from corporate to consciousness. Welcome, Paul. Thank you, Kat. Great to be here. I'm excited. Wonderful. So as far as I understand, you were pretty successful in your corporate job in Ireland and, you know, going along fine in that path that we're supposed to take in life. So what was it that made you look for something different that made you end up here in the castle in Italy? Well, I I guess I'd always been looking for something different. And like I had taught uh, Tai Chi and yoga and meditation and I had loved that. And then access came along, access consciousness. And it was just, it was a, for me, it was a whole different level. And it kind of, it opened up a different space for me. And uh, I really enjoyed all the, the tools that were available. And I was using them in a corporate setting, but I knew there was more and I knew I wanted to be more in the world. So you had already done yoga and Tai Chi. So what's the difference between these tools of consciousness that actually made you take the step out of the corporate world and into something different that yoga and Tai Chi didn't at the time? Yeah, I, I, I get it was my overall life, if you know what I mean, like, like your, your, your whole life. And it was like, I remember when I, uh, when I told someone who I worked with that I was, uh, I was leaving a successful job to join Access Consciousness, he was like, oh my God, Paul is joining the Mormon. And it was like... <laughs> <laughs> well, you said your whole life changed. What was it that changed? Like when you start to use the tools and you're using them in the corporate world, as said, but also your general life. So what was it that changed? Is there a way for you to describe it? Yeah, just I, I, I get a, a lot more relaxed and just realizing that the universe has your back and it's like trusting me more. And I think I was kind of using the corporate structure as the right way to live or this is the way everybody is doing normal. And it's like, oh, I've ticked this box and ticked this box and ticked this, this box. But there was a huge part of my being that wasn't happy like there was that there was like it want it knew that there was more and it was like okay and then when I met Gary and Dane and met all you guys it was like wow there's a totally different possibility which I'd never considered before and uh my life became a lot easier a lot more joyful a lot more happy and uh it was following that energy and I love that when you're saying you start to trust the universe because that's really I think so many people stay in jobs that they I think I saw a statistic the other day that 60% of people in the UK actually don't enjoy their jobs at all. And they kind of walk 
they describe it as like just being there sitting off the time so they can get their paycheck at the end of the month. And yet they don't leap. They don't choose something different because it's the only thing that somehow, you know, they think works. So that like that, that willingness to trust the universe. So when this castle came up, how did you end up as a manager of the castle? So I was working with Gary and Dane on the, the European company, and I've been involved in the setting up of the, the taxation system and the accounting system with the castle. So I was kind of in the background of it. Then um, the uh, one of the, the manager left. So there's a period where there wasn't a manager. And I kind of got the awareness that I could be a contribution, but I wasn't... Um, I wasn't maybe courageous enough to even broach Gary about it. I remember talking to a friend and saying, no, just say it to Gary. And I was like, oh, I'm not sure. And then um, maybe two months later, like it's one of the things I learned is you, you, you trust the timing of the universe. And it was like two months later, um, me and David Kubas, who's the, the project manager for the castle, were having a chat with Gary. And I was kind of look, I get I can be a contribution. And he was like, OK, go over and uh, have a look at it for two weeks. And that was that was two years ago at this stage. So my God, I went through a lot of stuff, but it was kind of, it was just that willing to explore and willing to ask questions and say, okay, what can I contribute here? What's, what's possible? Because the, the beauty and elegance of the castle is so, so magical. It kind of pulls in so many people. So it's like, what's, I just started, it started the question really of what's truly possible here. So now you're working in the castle and it's owned by a group of people. And one of them is Gary Douglas as the founder of Access, and he is directly involved in running the castle. So what is that like? What is it like to work with somebody who functions most of the time, at least, from consciousness? Yeah, and, it, and it's literally every 10 seconds, because one of the things I realized recently is like, Gary speaks to us infinite being to infinite being like there's there's no limitation in these worlds. And he he demands a lot. He demands things to be done to uh, to a certain standard and to be done to a certain way. And one of the things that I, I love about Gary is his awareness of the future. Like one of the things that we did at Christmas time, all the people who had stayed at the castle, we sent them a handwritten card and a box of chocolates. And it was like sent it out to them. And like the amounts of messages of goodwill, happiness, energy that it created was incredible. And it's like it was simply it came from me sending a photograph to Gary about a, a bottle of wine and there happened to be a box of chocolates in the background and Gary saw it and like he's just such a genius he was like okay send out a box of chocolates to everybody who stayed at the castle and it's like it's it's so different the way he looks at contribution and what can be a contribution rather than before where I was doing very stereotypical business from form and structure this is the way it should look and it's like things never change compared to here things are always changing. So can you give a, an example of where you were trying to run the castle from a more corporate point of view and Gary showed you another way? Yeah, so staff management, which is one that comes up for a lot of people because a lot of people have businesses. And I was trying to micromanage it and make sure everything was perfect. And Gary was like, hey, dude, you're micromanaging this. And I was like, okay, so what do I need to do? And he was saying, actually, step back tell people, okay, this is what we'd like to create and then watch who steps up and who doesn't. And, uh, and that's what I did. And it was like, it was actually, as I stepped back, it actually gave a space for other people to step up. And like the, 
the staff were a little bit nervous at the start. They were kind of like, hey, Paul, I'm not sure we can do this. And I was like, look, I trust you guys. You can do it. We can all do it. We, we know we, we have the systems in place. And it created a space where they could step into it and they became more creative, more enthusiastic, more joyful. And they started doing different projects. And it was an example for me where, okay, if I do control, it shuts things down. If I actually open the spaces and look for the open spaces, it creates more. What's one of the weirdest thing he's asked you to do? Oh, so many. <laughs> <laughs> one of the ones is at, at the castle, we have these beautiful duvets. So it's like one of the one of the rules at the castle is no sex on the duvet. So it was like th- this this was there. Like people always got a, a lot of laughter out of it, let's say. But it, I, I get Gary setting a standard for the way he wants it run. So he asked me to get a a UV light to inspect all the, the, the duvets in the castle. And I I actually thought he was joking. So I was like, aha, that's very funny, Gary. And then like a couple of months later, he's like, have you done it yet? And I was like, oh, I didn't realize you were serious. And he's like, I was totally serious. And I had been watching a show on um, Carl Ritz, who set up the Ritz hotels. And like he drove a new standard of hygiene that had never been seen in the hotel industry, a new level of elegance, a new level of decadence. And it's Gary's attention to detail is incredible. Like he says, the difference between uh, a good job and a great job is details. And it's like being willing to go into the details. And what he was showing me there was you need to be willing to look at every detail, inspect everything, know that everything is done to the, to the standard, but opening a new space as well. And it's like we, and we, we look to do that for everything. We look to give our clients an incredible experience and that everything is is new that they can they can experience the elegance the beauty of two three hundred years ago but also get the sense of of them as a being and that that level of beauty so what do you think is the the biggest difference of working in a corporate environment and working the way you are now with choosing every 10 seconds, having that attention to detail, which you also can have in a corporate environment, right? Yeah, but, sure. but having that in a way that is way, based way more on the awareness of what actually is required. So can you say like three things that is really different now, the way you work and what you've learned over the years compared to when you were working in a more corporate environment? Yeah, I think definitely like, the structure where it's like structure versus systems and like it sounds so simple structures versus systems it's a huge difference so structure where is like a concrete building and it's like it will not move it will not change compared systems are completely um, transferable movable shiftable it's like nature that it just it flows so it's like a, a forest if if one tree falls down everything else adjusts and moves and shapes and shifts. It doesn't mean that the whole thing stops. And it's like being willing to choose in every 10 seconds and just change anything at the drop of a hat. And it's like, um, I think that's probably another one that, that I would say, um, like a, a man rang me from Germany, a castle owner from Germany he said, Paul, you're the only castle in Italy, France and Germany that I've seen that's actually grown through the COVID period and seem to be thriving. And uh, I was talking to Gary about that and he was saying, it's our willingness to change. A lot of the time companies, they get one product and this is the golden bullet. This is the, the magic answer. And this is all that we do. Remember with Access Consciousness and with the castle, we're always looking at multiple income streams. What else can we add? What else can we put in? 
And it's like, as you develop those, they grow and it grows in the most unusual of situations. You never know what's going to come up next. That's our two brilliant ones. Do you have a third? Yeah, being being fluid. Yeah, being be being fluid with everything, that everything is changeable and that I think with people, with systems, but even just with your own thought process, it's like being being willing to change, look at things like, okay, cool. I need to do this, do this differently and it's or do it different. So actually choose to do something different. And it's like, okay. What can we do different here than what we've done before? And then it just starts opening a new space and trusting the staff as well to allow them to come up with ideas. Because now more and more we we all come up with ideas together. We're like, okay, cool, let's try this. Okay, that worked awesome. Okay, cool, let's try this. That worked awesome. Okay, let's try this. Okay, that one didn't work so awesome. Let's do something different. And it's like that willingness to to change, to move, and it's really always being in the question. And, you know, Gary often talks about it's not the same to change and to do something different. Can you explain the difference between changing something you do and doing something completely different? Yeah, it's actually a a great point. I was reading that in the Gentleman's Club recently where it's like a lot of the time what we do is we're we're doing something and we we slightly modify it. So we say, okay, now now this will work now rather than actually doing something different is where you take an action and when, when you take an action everybody listens and everything changes when you go into reaction nobody listens and nothing changes so it's actually being willing to say okay we're doing something completely different here and then just totally change it like with the social media which i always find is an interesting example we we were like the most followed castle in italy and one of the most followed in europe and gary said we stop all social media he just got this awareness the end of april so we stopped it and our sales went up by around 30 percent. and it was like for me we went from looking to be chosen to becoming the choosing and say okay we we pick who comes here we know our spaces we know our business and it's like that change from being looking to be chosen to become the choosing made a made a big difference. And I remember you were quite hesitant at the time when Gary asked you to stop all social media. So how did you deal with that? Like your own kind of doubt for this choice and then also having the trust in Gary, like what, what happened for you? Yeah, it's, it's a process. It's, um, it was, because I remember talking to you and talking to a couple of other people. It's like, oh, guys, I'm really not sure we should be doing this. Da, 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 da. And we'd invested a lot in it. Like, you know, it was, uh, it had, like, in this reality, it had been successful. But I remember asking the castle, castle, do you want social media? And the, the answer I got back was no. It was just like, no, I don't need it. And it was like, it was actually my need for validation that it's like, we're doing a good job. Look, we prove we're the top in Instagram, we're the top in Facebook, rather than actually listening to the castle. And one of the things I've learned is just relax and receive, allow the, the castle as an entity that it is to actually just pull the people in. And I've seen that with staff in particular, like some people come in here and they're just, they're a totally natural fit. It's like, they've always been here after two or three days. There's other people who come in like with big CVs, big reputations, and they don't even last two days. And it's like the castle kind of, the people it loves, it embraces, the people it doesn't, it's just like, no, you're out of here. So uh, yeah, it's kind of willing to be that demand in my own life. That's what I'm asking for, yeah. 
Well, also it then it actually taught you how to listen even more to the castle. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And, and it made it it made it far easier for me. Like as an example, with hiring staff, I used to like be on LinkedIn and doing interviews and all this stuff. And then one day we had like two or three days to go to a big event and we were down to one waiter because a number of people were sick and stuff. I remember asking the castle, say, okay, castle, I need at least two waiters or waitresses. And uh, it was like handing it over. And everyone's going to say, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm asking the castle. And the very next day, this guy turned up who was awesome. He still works with us. And uh, I was like, okay, brilliant. Let's hire him. And then uh, do you know anybody else? Oh, my wife is a waitress and she's available. And the two of them have worked with us for six months now. So it's, uh, yeah, trust, trust the universe. Yeah, trust the universe. And, and trust the castle. That was a beautiful yeah. way of describing that. So this summer, you had one of the other uh, bigger owners there, Dane here. So what was that like? What was it like to, what did that change for you when he was there? And he also talked with his staff and had some interactions with them in a, in a different way. Uh, I was, it was magical. Dane is just fantastic. He's He's so positive and so sees the bigger picture. And uh, I think for us, it was great as well, because we'd kind of gone through COVID just working away. I think a lot of people probably weren't aware of all the things we were creating. And when somebody comes and can actually see it and experience the food, experience the standards and like Dane was uh, excited. He was like, wow, I own a castle. And it was almost like it arrived to these worlds a bit more. So it was like, it was cool. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I noticed that seemed to create so much was the gratitude that he had. And I was actually wondering what that created for the staff when that was expressed so clearly to them. Yeah, it it, it was huge because um, we've quite a few new staff and we've some staff who've been with us for a long period. But like some of them had never met Gary, had never met Dane. So like they'd heard of these people, but they didn't they didn't know them uh, and when you actually get to meet them and see the caliber of the people see the kindness of the person and it's like also you trust the vision a lot more because it's like oh wow these guys do know what they're doing and it's like that level so on the last day um, we brought all the staff up and everybody in the class was just applauding and for them my sense was they were kind of amazed they'd never They'd never received anything like that like and it was like they were kind of like wow i'm cooking vegetables in the kitchen as an example but my role is actually super important and these people actually acknowledge it and dane acknowledged it like and it was kind of it gave everybody a new sense of purpose to an extent like it was kind of like okay cool yeah it's like people see me and acknowledge what i'm doing and it's like how does it get any better than that yeah so for you you also moved from Ireland to Italy and you've been living there for two years, which is a huge change in somebody's life to move to a different country further south where they speak a completely different language. So what has that been like for you? And what has it changed for you to move in that way? Yeah, it was, it was a, a huge adventure really. And it still is. It's like, um, I was initially, I was at two weeks in Italy and two weeks in Ireland. And then COVID came and uh, I was there for six months. So I couldn't get back to Ireland and I fell in love with Italy. Like I traveled all over Italy, just fell in love with the food, the people, the culture. It's a magical place. And it's like, there's a certain level of almost like 
crazy creativeness in Italy and you have to embrace that like even when you go into a cafe it's going to be chaotic it's going to be all over the place but it's magical and it's like once you can relax into that it's wonderful super people really really cool places and it's for me it's one of the most beautiful countries on the on the planet would there be a sum of money that anybody could offer you that would make you go back to the more corporate way of living or creating your life I don't think I'd be alive if I went back to that that way of living it was like there was a part of my my soul that was dying and it was like it was actually acknowledging like one of the great things with the tools of access consciousness it empowers you to create your own life and you acknowledge wow every choice creates and um no I had um somebody came to me recently and asked me to be director for their company to take over the whole company and uh, I turned them down and it was a, it was a large sum of money but I was like well oh. it's uh it's like when you work with access it's magic but it's the people you get to work with like working with with you with Gary with Dame with Simone with all these cool people and just it's continually creating all the time but you're also you're aware of the futures that you're creating yeah it's like I realize when you're talking it's about creating everything our lives the future all the businesses we work with and they're all interconnected they're not separate yeah totally yeah and, and that's one of the things as well you can be involved with maybe 10 20 projects running simultaneously and they can be going all over the place and it's like but it's it's enjoyable it's fun it's like okay cool where do i need to put my attention now what's fun and just one small change can open up everything so it's uh yeah it's exciting so if somebody's listening to this right now and they're stuck in you know the squirrel wheel or whatever it's called in english I know it's yes. called the squirrel wheel in swedish uh, where they don't really know like what would you suggest they could start with just starting to use the tools of consciousness in their life and their business like what would be one or two things that you would you know you would recommend for them one of the things is I, I I like to look at the bigger picture and then kind of break it down and it's like see what's required. What I'd actually look at is what energy do you want your life to be like in 10 years time? And just start for me, I'm quite visual. So like I'll often draw pictures or start like writing things. And then it's kind of you're almost putting a message out to the universe. Okay, this is what I want. And then the kind of pragmatic part of me comes in then and I kind of say, okay, cool, break it down into let's say your relationship your family where you live your job and it's like start looking and just see what type of energies do you want and when you when you invite them in and just start asking for them they start to show up and then the breadcrumbs will come along just follow the breadcrumbs so literally like some some something may just energetically it just kind of it it matches something it's like okay cool talk to this person or uh have a look at that website and just keep following that because it's kind of you know what works for you and when you actually acknowledge that and follow that the most beautiful spaces open up so how do they how do they start trusting the universe i would say i'm in the middle of that process <laughs> <laughs> number one is definitely letting go of control and that's that's not not such an easy one for me it's like uh it's like i'm a control freak and it's like you have to be willing to just let things be chaotic and it's like the in the corporate setting everything is controlled it's regulated it's like you grow the business five or ten percent a year and it's like 
axes can be doing double, triple that easily. Like, and it's kind of, it's like when you let go of that way of thinking that everything has to be controlled and that everything has to have a, a fixed, predictable outcome, then new spaces can open up. And it's, uh, it's actually being willing to ask the, the question, am I doing control here or am I doing chaos? And when you instill more chaos, it creates more. I love that. So basically you're asking them to become more chaotic. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. It's something, if somebody said that to me 10 years ago, I was like, Jesus, no, I need to go the other way. I need to be more organized, more this, more this, more this. And it's like, it's not so much fun for the beauty that your soul is like, we're all, we are the creators. We are the poets. We are the, the beauty of the, of this world. And it's like, we create that. And it's like, when you actually acknowledge that and move towards that energy, even, and it's like, it can be as uncomfortable as hell. Like it's, you can feel like, geez, this is really feels weird. And it's like, but like when I see what we're creating with the castle, with the, the level of beauty, the level of joy with the staff, the stuff that that's getting created, it's actually acknowledging that and saying, okay, cool. It's like, there's always going to be more. The universe will always provide more. Oh, that is so beautiful. I think we end on that note. Thank you so much, Paul, for coming Thank on. Thank you, and, Kat. My pleasure. And telling us about the possibilities that comes when you embrace chaos and trust the universe. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye for now. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast, Feeding the Wolf of Possibilities. I hope you have more space in your world now. If you would like to listen to earlier episodes, share with other people or subscribe, please go to Spotify, iTunes, or visit katrinavalentin.com slash wolf.